Good evening, good afternoon, good morning, whatever applies to you good people, and thank you for tuning in to the first official episode of Dan and Frankie Go to Hollywood. How are you doing, Frankie? I am good. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm very excited this time around because, uh, yeah, we, we got lots to talk about this time, don't we? Yeah, it's exciting. Not just because we're actually doing a proper episode and talking about movies, but also because it's a new year, which means stats and end of year lists and fun things like that. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And of course, we uh, just got done yesterday filming a top 10 of 2023 video, which will be over on my YouTube channel. If you go and just type in uh, Movie Talk with Dan Jensen, you'll be able to find that. That video will, well, actually, by the time this podcast is out, the video is already up. So, and probably has a million views, I'd say, roughly, <laughs> give or take. Uh, so, And we'll share links to that as well. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Uh, so, yeah, how's your day been? What's What's been happening? Uh, it's been raining a lot, which has been pretty perfect mm. because uh, I didn't actually get around to watching our movies that we're going to talk about. So I watched uh, one mm. last night and then two today. So, yeah, fun movie day. Fun yeah, movie no, day. this is, actually makes me feel good because, you know, I've spent my life being the one who's completely unprepared for everything. Uh, and I actually did better <laughs> than you this time. So... <laughs> yeah yeah i was doing last minute 2023 movie yeah. watching and i also like to watch them last minute before recording so that they're fresh yeah no there's absolutely nothing wrong with that so um yeah look um i my, my day my day's been going pretty well as well uh all all the way up until i saw a movie trailer today uh that <laughs> enraged me and made me shake my fist at my screen and, and exclaim why I order and stuff. So, of course, Mickey Mouse um, is now in the public domain, um, which means that people are able to utilize the character and not get sued by Disney, uh, which is kind of crazy. But, um, you know, for such a massively famous character, uh, so, yeah, I, I saw a poster today online for a film called uh, Mickey's Mousetrap, I believe it was. And initially I thought, oh, you know, fan film, like, you know, or maybe fake poster. Uh, until I did some more research and saw, no, this is a film. Uh, and I, I saw the trailer on YouTube and I am already picking this as my number one most hated movie of 2024 um did you watch the trailer i did and i i was yeah. my thought was is it real because it doesn't look like the kind of movie that you would see at the cinema yeah exactly um it it looked like something that neil breen might have made the acting was just abysmal the cinematography there i don't think there was any um everything about it just looked terrible it really reminded me of well last year's uh, winnie the pooh blood and honey which was my number one hated movie of that year so it seems to me that whenever they're taking these characters out of the public domain and making shit horror films with them it instantly becomes my most hated film of the year but uh Anyway, I, I didn't let it get me down too much, but uh, yeah, uh, I, I moved well, on. Well, maybe 
a controversial statement, but I don't actually like Mickey Mouse, so <gasps> I don't care. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> and to, to all those still listening, thank you. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. So um, you, I, I, you had a, uh, you've had some mail deliveries, I believe, this week. Yeah. Um, <laughs> had a few in recent times. There was Black Friday sales and then christmas sales and boxing day sales and <laughs> mm-hmm. ebay finds when you just get that obscure movie that you saw years ago and don't even remember if you liked it and it's not universally well liked but you feel like you need to own it mm-hmm. and so i found a copy of soul survivors on ebay mm-hmm. have you seen that i haven't seen it i know of it uh i know yeah um the cover is very familiar to me but i actually i, uh, I don't think i've seen it i uh, I'm gonna go. With I only no. really remember one thing from it, and I think it's like the twist ending. So I'm not gonna say mm-hmm. anything about it. But that is Ooh. all I remember. So mm-hmm. I found it cheap on eBay. So I'll give it the chance. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fair enough. Um, yeah, look, I I did the same. I I took advantage of uh, end of year sales and stuff, and basically caught up on every single movie that i just haven't gotten around to buying throughout the year because you know cost of living and everything and who can afford blu-rays these days um shall i go through very quickly just rattling off names of the list of 12 movies that i bought Mm -hmm. all right in no particular order i have got gran turismo barbie mission impossible dead reckoning part one shazam fury of the gods joyride fast and furious x Blue Beetle, Ant-Man Quantum Mania, Scream 6, The Pope's Exorcist, Knock at the Cabin, and Morbius. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's always Morbin time around here, I tells you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, because I don't, I don't care what people say. I liked the film. I didn't love it. I didn't proclaim it as the best movie of the year or anything. But yeah, I, I thought the hate that it received was a little overwhelming. I think you were the same, right? Yeah, I I went with you to the premiere, and yeah, it was a mm-hmm. good time. We all had fun. Yeah, exactly. And I uh, I showed it to my fiance, who, uh, well, actually, that was out of the twelve movies. That was the one that she picked um, because uh, yeah, she is absolutely in love with Jared Leto. I think Jared Leto to her is what Margot Robbie is to me, which is probably why we've got this joker harley obsession happening um and yeah out of all of those quality films she chose morbius god bless her heart uh and yeah look she really enjoyed it as well so yeah i don't know Uh, everybody that i care about loves morbius so you know it says something about the circle of friends that i keep um but speaking of my circle of friends uh we we need to give a shout out i believe because there is one in particular one outstanding soul who has just been even after only one episode of our podcast he is already our biggest fan and i want to say hi to jesse uh who is a musician he's the lead singer of the band dark cell he's an author he is just (laughs) he's he's a very creative person an all-round rad dude and uh yeah the guy is actually one of the biggest inspirations of mine in terms of doing podcasts because 
He has a few podcasts himself. And if you want to find his stuff, you can go to www.freakproductions.com. That is F-R-E-E-K. Um, you can find basically his whole world is on there. All of his uh, books and comics and uh, podcasts, everything that you ever want to know about the guy is on there. So, um, yeah, big thank you to Jesse for supporting us because, uh, you know, like it's people like that that's going to keep this podcast going. Mm, yeah, thanks, Jesse. I'm glad that you enjoyed our episode. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, all right. Well, what do you say we get uh, get stuck into the nitty gritty of this? Enough about uh, how how our day has been and all that inconsequential stuff. Let's let's talk movies, shall we? Yeah, let's talk stats. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So um, yeah, so we just recently did our best of twenty twenty three video, which we're not going to cover here because uh, why would you go watch our video when you can just hear it here? So. Uh, being that we are complete attention whores and we want everyone to watch us and listen to us all over the place. No, that's not true. Um, yeah, so I, I do believe that you've got some things to say about 2023 that we didn't cover in the video. Yeah, well, I watch quite a few films. I actually, um, well, compared to some people, very little compared to others, <laughs> but I ended up watching 294 last year. Um, which I was kind of sad that I couldn't hit the milestone number and get over 300. Oh. But um, end of year is always a hard time for me to fill in, fit in films. Mm -hmm. um, so of those, uh, 50 were 2023 releases, wow. which means I have 244 older releases. <laughs> so I also have made a top 20 because i had to pick from 244 mm -hmm. um 20 favorites that were my first time watches this year but before we get into that i love seeing my most watched actors mm -hmm. and my my list is a bit skewed this year because i watched all nine fast and furious films to be prepared <laughs> for fast x <laughs> mm -hmm. but it worked out that my top three are not Fast and Furious actors before mm. they all show up. Right, right. So mm -hmm. that's kind of fun. Yep. And then I thought it would be fun, actually. Mm -hmm. Maybe should have done this in a different order. Why is that? Maybe we'll come back. Okay. Maybe we'll come back after I do my top 20 because mm -hmm. that might help you think about oh, it. Oh, okay. More. Right, right. All right, no worries. Um, so obviously I'm not going to talk about all these 20 films like we did last time because that would take up the whole time. So I'm just going <laughs> to list them. You can say if you've seen them or not. Mm -hmm. And then um, I've just got them in the order I watched them because I hate ranking and it's really hard, mm. so I didn't. Um, except for my top two of the year, I had a very definite top two, so... Mm -hmm. um, I'll save them for last. All right, let's get into uh, it. So first off, Joker. Woohoo! Oh, yeah. <laughs> I all which I watched right at the beginning of the year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I actually bought you that Blu-ray. Um, all yeah. I will say is that in my review of that film, I gave it a ten out of ten. I couldn't fault the film. Mm. Uh, it is extraordinary. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Next, A Page of Madness, which is interesting because um, this is a silent film from 1926, Japanese mm -hmm. film. I realized at, early in the year um, 
I think there was a thing going around about picking your favorite movies from each decade, and I realized mm-hmm. I hadn't seen any films from the 20s, right. which was horrifying. So, <laughs> um, movie had a bunch of silent films, so I watched A Page of Madness, mm-hmm. and it was amazing. Right. Um, you'll have to watch it one day. Ah, oh, what makes you think I um, haven't seen it already? Because you told me. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Not to say that I'm against old films, because, I mean, I I have two films in my DVD collection from the 20s, uh, which was the original Phantom of the Opera and Nosferatu, so, um, which both mm. were incredible. So, yeah, uh, I yeah, it's just one of those ones I haven't seen. Mm-hmm. I then watched The Thief of Baghdad, mm-hmm. which was the 1924 version, so silent film again, mm-hmm. which was the second silent film I watched, so off to a good start. Then The mm-hmm. Wild Cat from 1921, another mm-hmm. uh, silent one, first Ernst Lubitsch film, which um, has been a highlight. Right. Then I've put them all as one because I watched them in one weekend and it's one story, so I can't separate them. John Wick, mm-hmm. one, two, and three. Yep. Um, which I watched before number four. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ben-Hur I finally mm-hmm. watched. And this is the 1959 one, of course, not the remake, which mm. I didn't know existed until I accidentally purchased it online, <laughs> thinking I was buying the old one. Oopsies. <laughs> uh, yeah. Next, Sherlock Jr., which was my second Buster Keaton film. Mm-hmm. Um but I only watched my first Buster Keaton film this year as well. Mm-hmm. And then I didn't check the pronunciation. Uh, I'm just going to say it with it. It's got a little flicky accent on the E. So I don't oh, okay. know if it, it, it's Leon. So would that be Leon? If it's got uh, most accent? people just pronounce Leon. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I know it's got the thingy which would be it's it's a french film so it's Mm. how yeah however anyway leon morin priest french film Mm -hmm. from 1961 um then images altman film then Mm -hmm. hot rod uh which was thanks to you Mm -hmm. uh calvary it happened one night because i realized i had never seen a um Clark Gable film before Mm -hmm. so I watched that one and it was amazing Mm -hmm. The Whole Town's Talking Terrified One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest To Live and Die in LA Spanglish Thanks to Kylie at our movie marathon Mm -hmm. Uh, As Good As It Gets and that's it so my top two Mm -hmm. the first one like a change your life kind of movie yeah and that was la la land ah yes 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 of course <laughs> a movie that was kind of made for me and i mm-hmm. didn't know it and it was really interesting i because i'd watched damien chazelle films and thought i should just watch that because i watched i don't know if it was whiplash that made me think that because whiplash was one of those films that i was like it's about a jazz drummer i don't care about jazz i don't mm. care about drumming i don't need to watch that <laughs> but then you said it was amazing so mm. i watched it and it was amazing mm-hmm. so i watched this but the funny thing was i've skimmed some reviews that made it sound like it might be a bit upsetting <laughs> and i messaged you and said is this a sad movie is this gonna upset me and you were like no it's not a sad movie at all <laughs> yeah all right in my defense it had 
Okay, so I saw it twice when it was in theatres uh, back in 2016, I think it was. Yeah, 2016. Uh, so it had been years since I'd seen it. And the funny thing was I thought I had seen it more frequently because... I remembered it so well. Okay, I almost remembered it so well. Um, and then, yeah, when you got right into it and everything, I went upstairs. I was like, oh my God, I've got to crack the Blu-ray open and give it another watch. And to my absolute shock, the Blu-ray was still in its shrink wrap. I mean, I bought it the day it came out. Like, I, I loved the film so much. It was my number one movie of 2016. Um, but I hadn't seen it again since then. And so... Yeah, the ending, I didn't quite remember how it went. So that's why I was... Because I sort of remembered it a different way. I was like, oh, no, it's fine. And then, yeah, you you messaged me and you, you had words to say. Whoopsies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, I mean, that was overshadowed by just how much I loved the film. Mm. I just had no idea that that is what it was. Mm -hmm. So that was amazing. The other highlight of the year, which is not as good as La La Land, but mm. I mean, not much is. Um, <laughs> I, in October, lots of people were talking about The Exorcist 3 and mm. in particular, Brad Dourif's performance in it. And mm. I decided I was going to finally watch all The Exorcist movies. So I watched the first one again because it had been mm -hmm. a while. And then I watched the second one and then if people hadn't been talking about number three in Bad Dourif, <laughs> I may not have made it <laughs> after the second one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that was not good. But anyway, so I watched number three mm -hmm. and it was quite amazing. And Brad Dourif, yeah. quite amazing. It's, I'm, I can't think off the top of my head any other performance in a movie that just completely captivated me every time he was on screen mm. and the rest of the movie was also really good as mm. well and i'm i was really surprised people don't talk about that more like in horror circles that it's not a bigger movie than it is yeah yeah well um look i was the same i somehow just hadn't gotten around to seeing the sequels to the exorcist i mean the exorcist is one of my most favorite horror films of all time i've seen it countless number of times even got to see it on the big screen at one point which i was so lucky um and then yeah so we sort of yeah we watched them around the same time the sequels and yeah the second one was awful like that was a really <laughs> bad film i was struggling to stay awake in that thing um i watched it uh with kylie my fiance and like she did fall asleep through it the lucky thing um <laughs> So, yeah, I was, I'm sitting there just watching her with her pretty little eyes closed and just thinking to myself, oh, man, I wish I could join her right now. Um, but then, yeah, I had heard a lot about the third one. Um, a lot of people proclaim it as, like, such a great film. And so I've been very curious about it. And, yeah, I because I, I, I watched it before you did, didn't I? I think so. Because I remember, yeah, because I'm pretty sure... I watched it. I'm just sitting there just thinking to myself, my God, this is so good. And I think I messaged you. And I was like, oh my God, you've got to watch this movie. Uh, and yeah, but I think you enjoyed it even more than I did. I mean, I, um, I didn't exactly, you know, <laughs> rush out to buy the t-shirt for it. <laughs> <laughs> I also did, but... rushed out and brought the Arrow version of it mm -hmm. so that I could watch the Legion cut because 
I was curious to see what what the differences were, mm. and uh, that was really interesting because the um, all the footage from that you know was just old video footage or something. Mm. It wasn't all cleaned up, so it, it was really obvious which scenes were that mm. and then they just used the movie footage for everything that was the same or mm -hmm. because they didn't have anything from the other version right um so it was really interesting that you could see exactly which parts were from mm -hmm. that even though you couldn't see a lot of detail in it yeah. because of the quality but i really liked it mm -hmm. the the main thing in that was brad Dourif played the whole character mm. it wasn't swapping between him and uh, was it Jason Miller? Yep. So uh, I preferred the studio interference with that right. to get Jason Miller in because I really liked how that worked mm. with the two of them. Oh, yeah. But I think the Legion cut ending I preferred, mm -hmm. which obviously I'm not going to say anything about that. But, but yeah, it was really good. Yeah, yeah. And I still, everyone goes on about the famous jump scare. Yes. And <laughs> I found in that scene... There's something else that happens before mm. that famous jump scare that makes me jump way more <laughs> than the famous jump scare. And when I watched it the second time and knew it was coming, mm. it still did that. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, right. I, th I think it's more what you see mm. is more memorable, but the other thing scared me more. Yeah, no, I, I, uh, look, I, I had heard for years about this because every time you look at a list of the most you know uh the biggest jump scares in film history and everything that one from the exorcist 3 is always very high up on the list and so i knew the scene i had seen it a dozen times before because i think it's really cool like it, it looks visually amazing you know but mm. um but yeah because i'd seen it so many times it yeah lost its effect on me but I agree. Yeah, that thing that happens beforehand. I did not see that coming. And <laughs> yep, I I jumped. Not gonna lie, I had a big old jumperoo in that bit because uh, yeah, yeah. But uh, but what a great film. Yeah, that was that was absolutely amazing. Uh, mm. so, yeah. And I have two honorable mentions mm -hmm. just um, because they're so kind of insane and unexpected. Mm joys to watch that and mm -hmm. also i don't think um are well known at all because i hadn't heard of either of them before this year mm -hmm. and one of them was because um after i watched the exorcist 3 and brad Dourif's performance mm -hmm. who i've seen him in things but after watching him in this i'm like i need to watch everything mm -hmm. that he's ever done and one of those things is a movie from 94 called <laughs> Death Machine. <laughs> ah, yes. Yes, good film, that one. <laughs> Which, um, I, I don't know, I don't think it sounded overly interesting, mm. but I just picked, I think, I don't know, maybe I saw a picture and he had long hair and I was like, he looks really weird and interesting mm. in this. Um, I should watch that one. And, oh, man, when I put it on, I was just laughing so much. It's got such a style. Mm. I think you watched it almost straight away just from me sending you messages about it. Oh, my God, your messages got me so enthusiastic <laughs> about that film. You were basically almost doing a running commentary of the film as you're watching it. And the things you were writing to me about how absolutely insane it was and how much you were laughing. And I yeah. could... 
I, I picked up on your energy through those words in the messages, you know, and uh, yeah, I absolutely couldn't wait to watch it. And yeah, it delivered. It was, oh my God, it was such a 90s film that was in terms of its look, in terms of its plot. Um, just, it, yeah, it was a really insane film. Yeah, and so is the other one, which is Adam Chaplin. Yes. Which I did not know existed until I saw a thing online saying, this is the goriest movie you'll ever see. And I watched the trailer and the trailer starts off as any kind of low budget film. And I'm like, oh, really? Mm. Is this, why is everyone going on about this? Mm -hmm. But then other things came up in the trailer. And yeah, as soon as I saw it, I sent it to Dan because I'm like, this is a Dan film. Yeah. <laughs> oh my and... god was it ever yeah um, so yeah that that was such a good time as well oh my god i loved it and yeah when you sent me that trailer i just watched this thing and yeah it looked like a trauma film it, it just had all the staples of things that i love you know excessive violence and gore um weird looking characters and everything and yeah my god that film delivered I had such a good time watching it, um, and yeah, looking forward to the sequel. Uh, uh, well, this year now, actually, it's coming out pretty soon, isn't yeah. it? I think it's—is it this month or? I can't. I I I don't remember. Let me yeah. see if there's a release date. I don't know if I saw one. Yeah, right. But um, yeah, no, that that film. Uh, yeah, so it's an Italian film. Uh, the main actor is also the writer director everything you know uh one of those sort of uh, auteur kind of people but um yeah it it there's so many scenes in that film that stand out in my mind uh so even though i've only seen it the one time you got any i can't uh, see anything about a release date for the oh okay one. i don't know why i thought it was uh, but yeah, but yeah it is this year mm. but i don't know that if, if it has a date yet. yeah yeah well, um, yeah, no, look, that's, that's unfortunately because I am not a, uh, letterboxed enthusiast as you are, I, I don't have a, uh, although of course I will be doing it this year more now that we have a podcast and it's going to be kind of important for me to actually keep tabs of what I've been watching. Um, but so I don't really have a comprehensive list of what I watched, but um there was there was there were five films that i saw last year that i discovered from one filmmaker that uh definitely have changed my life um so there's a friend of mine named josh josh lives in canada i've never actually met this guy but many 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 years ago we bonded over online over the song ice ice baby that's a long story but josh is one of the raddest people like i love the guy to death and um he sent me a reel on instagram that someone had filmed in a cinema of credits going up a screen and uh it just had like every uh you know job title on the left hand side it said on the right hand side neil breen Neil Breen, Neil Breen, like this guy's name was just going up the screen for every single credit. And the whole audience is just cheering this guy's name until it gets to somebody else's name. Then you hear this, ah, and then the next day, you know, <laughs> next time Neil Breen comes, I was like, yay and stuff. And I'm just like, 
what is this? What what is going on here? And so I had to look up who Neil Breen was because I mean. Okay, for, for anyone who tuned into the first episode and for anyone who knows me, you know that I love movies that are so bad they are amazingly good. Um, and so I looked up Neil Breen and yeah, this guy is like the next Tommy Wiseau. Um, he, yeah, writes, directs, stars, edits, cinematographs. He, the dude does the hair and makeup and catering on his films, um, which is going above and beyond any, you know, sort of Wiseau type that I've ever seen. Um, but I looked him up and there was one film that everyone was banging on about called Fateful Findings. And it suddenly occurred to me that I actually um, had let's just say obtained a digital copy of that film a while back um but i never got around to watching it because it was a wrong file type codec thing i couldn't actually play it with the picture so um i i yeah found another copy online a perfectly legal copy of course um and i watched this thing and it's it'd be in my top five bad movies like you know movies that are so bad they're great uh and i was like oh my god i've got to see more of this guy's work so i wound up watching all five neil breen films up until the one that he released last year and yeah out of everything i watched last year those ones probably you know live in my heart the most because <laughs> i am now obsessed with neil breen um so yeah my my top 20 is five films um yeah there you go <laughs> wow well yeah. good good luck i hope you can see the newest one soon if it gets some kind of release it is getting a release this month so on on streaming so i will be sure to tune into a perfectly legal streaming channel so i can watch that i'll uh yep that's what i do all right so back to my stats can you guess yes. who my top three non-fast and furious actors are of the year i can guess two of them um yeah i i the third one is beyond me but uh in no particular order actually or should no all right i'll i'll try and do it in order so number one is buster keaton no no but oh, he damn. he is one of the three. Oh, okay right 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 so all right let's do it in no uh, particular just, order then so yeah we, okay <laughs> Okay, cool. Oh man, you had me going there. I was like, how could Buster Keaton not be? You watch like six thousand films of his. Um, uh, Brad Dourif is uh, in the top three, of course. Yeah, because yeah. The, the, this is what I love about you. Like when you find someone that you you go like I did with Neil Breen. You get obsessed with people and you just dive into their filmography and go deep. And it is yeah, it's it's quite fascinating. Um, I can't figure out who the third one is, though. Is it male or female? Male. Male. Uh, see, ordinarily I'd say Michael Shannon, but you didn't do your Shannon September last year, did you? No. Cause, no. Yeah, so... the previous year I burned out for 31 Days of Horror, yeah, so this year yeah. I just focused on that. Yeah, so I I don't know. Who, who is, who is okay. the third? Okay. 
My number one was Brad Dourif with right. 14 films. Mm-hmm. Number two was Buster Keaton with 10. Mm-hmm. Right. And number three with eight films was Tom Cruise because I rewatched all the Mission Impossibles. Oh, and Jerry Maguire. Of course you did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. That's right. Yep. I Yeah, I just didn't pay enough attention there. So... Mm. Yeah, I was I was I was going through in my head. I'm like Ryan Gosling. No, you didn't watch that many no. of his films. Like, yeah, yeah. All right. Okay. Cool. Well, at least I got two out of three, so I get a hmm. silver star for that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Well, um, it is it is a new year. In case you hadn't noticed, it is uh, 2024, according to my calendar with cats on it that I've got sitting in front of me. Um, so do you have any projects you've got coming up this year any actors that you're going to be jumping into or uh... oh yeah i always have projects because mm-hmm. i struggle to finish them so <laughs> um so my continuing projects that kind of lost their way this year um mm-hmm. i have a general they're not really projects as much as i just want to watch all their films so i'm still going mm-hmm. with killian murphy and Michael Shannon. Um, and I did make a project of um, Sylvester Stallone films, which mm. uh, I, th- I think I actually made a project list for that, And I, but I think it was all of his films. Um, so I haven't done any for ages. My new one is I decided to watch all of Emma Stone's films that I haven't seen mm-hmm. in order. Um, mm-hmm. So I've got 28 films on that, but that includes nine I have seen before, but not for ages, so I thought I'd rewatch them. Yep. Um, and then I have my well, this one I just started recently, Fifty Years, Fifty Films, because mm-hmm. when I realised I hadn't seen films from the twenties, I thought I need to watch more old films. So mm-hmm. starting from nineteen twenty, I have a film for each year for fifty mm-hmm. years. Um, so wow. I'm only up to nineteen twenty-five because yeah, I, <laughs> I just started that one. So that's a project, yeah, and right. because. Um, of course, when I watched The Thief of Baghdad, oh, I didn't mention this, but that has Douglas Fairbanks in, who I'd never heard of, and he's amazing in that film. It's just so mm-hmm. such a like graceful, athletic performance, and that movie feels like going to the ballet because uh, it's <laughs> silent, so you've just got the music, um, and then the movement of the actors and this kind of exaggerated movements and expressions and things. So it was really fun. Mm. But yeah, so I've got a bunch of Douglas Fairbanks films on this. Um, mm. I have my project that's been going for about five years cause I keep forgetting about it, <laughs> um, which I have called films. I really should have seen by now, which is um, <laughs> all, all big name films that everyone mm. talks about kind of classics um, mm-hmm. that I've never watched. And, for example, the first film off the project I watched was Rocky, which Mm -hmm. I had always thought, this is a stupid boxing film. I hate boxing. I'm not going to watch it. (laughs) Yeah. But then I watched it, and it's a romance, and it's amazing, and I love it. Mm. So that's why I'm doing this project. You should, you know what you should do? You should actually, because I know you have traditions, like you watch uh, Lost Boys on Halloween. Uh, You tend to watch Labyrinth on New Year's Eve and stuff. You should watch Rocky every year on the 26th of December. Because it's Boxing Day. <laughs> wow. Boxing Day. 
Uh, remind me next oh, year and I'll, Boxing I'll remind day, me this year and, and I'll do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's appropriate. That, that's right? a great joke for our American friends. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I did mean to watch all of David Lynch's films this year and, mm-hmm. and watch a couple that I hadn't seen before, which, um, I've got two left, but they're ones I've seen before. Um, mm-hmm. I was watching them in order too. So that's, um, Mulholland Drive and Inland mm-hmm. Empire. So I'm going to watch them soon. And then my director for this year is Tarantino. Mm, cool. So I'm going to watch all of his. I don't know if I'll watch them in order. I'll figure that out. Mm. Um, and there's two of his that I have not seen yet, which, oh, which I don't know why. <laughs> uh, Death Proof and The Hateful Eight. Oh, man. Yeah, I... Look, I... I... Okay, I love nearly all of his films. I like Jackie Brown. I didn't love that one. I know a lot of people mm. say that that's their favorite, which I find weird, but you know, each to their own. That's all cool. Um, but yeah, Hateful Eight. I oh, that is such a great film. Like, yeah, such a big scope western film. When I say big scope, it's I mean a lot of it is confined to one setting inside a little house so it's not that big but in my mind i keep you know remembering a lot of the scenery shots at the start and everything you know it was um yeah it was definitely done by a man who you know loves western films um and yeah death proof i mean oh my god when those grindhouse films came out i was obsessed i you know like you with exorcist 3 i've got a grindhouse t-shirt um all sorts of paraphernalia and things from those films so yeah i i really dug death proof i i thought that was a great flick so i'll be looking forward to hearing what you think of that one hmm. and then yeah. my last project of course is brad Dourif. <laughs> right <laughs> and i i'm prepared for that one i i went on an ebay spree because so much of his stuff is not streaming or around anywhere so i have a uh, i think mm. 13 films on the shelf plus a mini series he's in that sounds like a twin peaks ripoff kind of series so i'm I'm Mm -hmm. always here for weird stuff so that'll be interesting Mm. and i just found a super hard to find one from someone in canada on ebay for a reasonable price because i'm not paying Mm -hmm. 60 dollars to see some old film um so that one is on its way to me currently and i can't wait to watch because it sounds like the most insane setup for a movie but i can't believe that this is a movie that got made it's from the 90s mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. as part of a special government reform program inmate jt blake has to take care of johnny reynolds who has cerebral palsy in the meantime <laughs> another inmate wants to take care of jt blake forever but the thing is they get like he gets like chained to the wheelchair or something so they're like connected and have to be together right right chained to I the think, wheelchair that could, that could actually even no. be a name for the film is that maybe i didn't read that uh, mm. yeah experimental prison reform that involves chaining violent criminals to the wheelchair wheelchairs of people with cerebral palsy <laughs> the prisoners are to work as their carers like what an insane plot (laughs) for a movie oh god yeah no that are you sure neil breen wasn't involved in that one in any way because that really sounds like one of his films (laughs) uh well there you go i mean yeah that'll that'll be something interesting to talk about um but uh but yeah look aside from that i mean there's a lot of 
big movies coming out this year. Um, I'll, I, I kind of get the feeling because we did go for a little while, I think, a few years ago, where a lot of people were complaining about the quality of movies coming out. Like, did you find that? Um, people just sort of, you know, saying, oh, you know, hardly anything good came out this year, etc. Hmm. Although, I mean, there's uh, COVID and everything, so I guess that stopped. Yeah, but even before the pandemic, I don't know. I, I sort of I, my time works no longer. I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> I, I sort of found people were just kind of yeah complaining a lot, but I, I think I mean like last year, God, there were so many great films, and I think this mm. year is going to be a big one as well. Um, so what what are what are some of your most anticipated movies of twenty twenty four? Um, before I get to my official list, uh, I mentioned mm. this in our top 10 video, but being in Australia, we get some mm. films this year that other places got last year. So, yeah. uh, we're going to get Anatomy of a Fall, The Iron Claw, and Poor Things. Mm -hmm. I think there was one more, but I can't remember, but they're all out this mm. month here. Yeah, right. The Joker sequel, I am definitely oh, looking forward to. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to that one, I suppose. Uh, yeah, for, for those who missed the first episode, um, yeah, my living room is essentially a Harley Quinn museum. I am utterly obsessed with the character, and I cannot wait to see what Lady Gaga brings to the role. I cannot wait to see this film done as a musical. I There's so many things that I'm really looking forward to about this film. So, yeah, I'm with you on that one. Uh, and then we have um, Quiet Place Day One coming out. Mm. Yep. Which yep. I had forgotten that was coming because, mm. I mean, I looked it up when I watched the second film and saw mm -hmm. it was coming, but... Yeah, it wasn't really talked about till I looked at the mm. list. Uh, the Fall Guy looks like so much fun. It does, it does. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm I, very aware of the TV show. I never actually watched it back in the day, but um, I, this, yeah, like you said, this film looks like so much fun. Um, and yeah, great use great... of Bon Jovi in the trailer too. Which yeah. was very nice. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, David Leach as a director. I mean, my God, that guy mm. knows action. Uh, and yeah, terrific cast. It, yeah, that I'm really super looking forward to that one. Yeah. Mm. Uh, Beetlejuice two. Very yeah. curious. Yeah, I'm curious about that. I'm I'm not. I'm not one of those people that's like a massive Beetlejuice fan, but I am very keen to see where they, how they take this story on like all these years later. So yeah, we'll give that a go. And in a similar way, Twisters. Now I love Twister and I love like natural, like crazy weather movies. Mm. The only thing that worries me about this is Twister is... Can we talk spoilers mm. about a movie from back then? <laughs> oh, of course we can. If you haven't seen it by now, what's wrong with you? No, <laughs> it's not a big spoiler, but mm. I rewatched it like within the last couple of years after not seeing it for so long. And what mm. really surprised me was of the core team of people in the in the group, no mm. one died, and mm. that doesn't yeah. happen anymore. And I know people. Some people think, you know 
it's so unlikely that everybody would survive and so some mm. of them should die but i'm like it's fiction it can be what you want and i just want mm. a nice film where everyone lives and so mm -hmm. now that the sequel's coming in modern times i feel like that yeah i just wonder mm. if it's gonna feel the same or what so. yeah I, I don't really have much of a connection with the first film. Um, I saw it once when it first came out on the big screen. I think I've watched it once since then, but I don't really remember it all that well. Um, so, yeah, I'm not hugely excited about that one, but... Um, no, I have a thing about movies about tornadoes i think i just think mm -hmm. they're so scary that i could never live mm. in a place that regularly gets them it would yeah yeah it's too frightening <laughs> so no that's fair i enough. think that's why i like them in movies yeah yeah um, fun fact the movie twister was the first movie that was ever uh released on dvd did you know that i did not know that yep there you go. That is one of those useless really? facts that is stored away in my brain. Yep. Twister was the realize... very first movie released on mm. a DVD. Mm-hmm. And mm. I I now you've got me second guessing myself, but I'm no no no, <laughs> I'm I'm sure of this. I am I'm gonna stake my reputation on that one. Um, no, well I was just thinking so yeah. it seems late for that to be the first DVD, but then I was like, wait, in in the nineties I was getting tapes, so of course yeah, it was yeah. well, later that DVDs came out. Well, we didn't really get DVDs over here, not in a big way till I think it was the year 2000, because I was working, I started working in a video store in 99 and it was all VHS tapes. And then um, I went to a, a different store, uh, well, like a different chain and it was either 2000 or no, I'm sure it was 2000. Uh, we started then um you know the transition to dvds yeah they must have been out earlier than that because um in 99 before i moved over here mm -hmm. was when i bought my first dvd player and i right. had just started working and so i was able to put one on layby because when they right. first came out they were like 600 or something ridiculous that's um, crazy isn't it yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah you can get one for like 30 dollars yeah 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 exactly um all right so so that that's your uh your list uh, of... no we have got no, the ghost going? ghostbusters the new ghostbusters coming out soon. oh yeah frozen empire yeah, yeah. I, I mean you and i yeah we both loved afterlife so yeah this mm. one's definitely anticipated uh and then dune part two of course yep. mm -hmm. um and Oh, I did just see, I was just looking at a list of what was coming out and there's a movie called Voyages, which I've never heard of, but mm. it's a love story about Carl Sagan and his wife and Andrew Garfield's mm -hmm. in it. So that is now on my list. Right. But the cool. big one of the year for me is, of course, Nosferatu. Right, right. Uh, and why are you looking forward to that one so much? Because it's Nosferatu and it's... <laughs> <laughs> It's the new Eggers film, and by? he has. There you go. Um, <laughs> yeah, and Bill Skarsgård. Mm-hmm. And what more reason do you need to love it? Um, I think you've ticked off pretty much everything on my list as well. There is there there are a couple of movies though. Uh, one of them is Argyle, which I recently saw the trailer for, uh, directed by Matthew Vaughn, and. 
that trailer blew my mind um in terms of sort of a action comedy you know over the top sort of film which vaughn does best um i think that one's going to be a really good one um i'm going to save that one to last because that's possibly my most anticipated movie of the year um uh yeah oh kingdom of the planet of the apes i'm interested in because i've really loved all the other apes films so far um so that one i'm definitely looking forward to i'm actually looking forward to wicked um mainly because i've seen the stage show and it is the best stage show i've ever seen in my life it was extraordinary and i'm really looking forward to seeing what they can do in terms of a film um i'm kind of looking forward to borderlands i i haven't played the games but eli roth making a video game film i yeah that one's that one's got a, got me interested but look my most anticipated movie of this year and i know you're not going to share this with me because you haven't seen the first two uh is oh, deadpool yeah. 3 i i will oh, have man. seen them by the time the movie comes out oh that's my other project is to watch the x-men x-men films yeah yeah and, and um, deadpool. the deadpool films to me are a peak action comedy um i just re-watched the first one a couple of nights ago because kylie hadn't seen it uh and i got to show it to her and i i i've lost count of how many times i've seen that film but i still laugh the opening credits bring tears to my eyes i laugh that hard they are so hilariously funny um but aside from that the love story like wade wilson and vanessa played by marina backer and they the two of them were just up there with my most favorite on-screen couples in the history of cinema um which is weird to say in a movie where people's heads get sliced off and stuff but um and i thought the second one was pretty much on par with the first it was one of those rare sequels but uh this third one you know having uh hugh jackman in as wolverine and everything um i just think yeah it is gonna be a big one for me so that is my number one anticipated movie of this year i would say so yeah looks like we got some good films to look forward to mm, plus all the ones that we don't know about yet yes exactly but i'm sure i'll get to the end of the year and i'll be like oh my god i saw the sixth neil breen film and that was my number one <laughs> so, anyway we shall see uh but moving on i think it's time we get into uh, what we came here to do sounds good so yes the the format of this podcast um as we explained previously um we're going to discuss three films one of them is a film that we picked together mutually that we've seen before but absolutely love and can't wait to talk about and then we're going to give each other a film project that well a film that we need to watch um before the next episode and so the first movie the one that we both mutually chose uh was mole rats which was one that you chose because uh you just blurted it out and i was like oh my god i haven't seen that in a long long time um yeah so yeah mole rats of course is the second film from writer director kevin smith who made it after clerks came out in 94 universal were so impressed with him that 
they gave him six million dollars to make a big budget comedy film and he wanted to make a film that was kind of a love letter i guess to the films of john hughes and you know those kind of 80s teen comedy flicks um and uh and Morats came out much to uh yeah not not, not a lot of critical acclaim um it was kind of a bit of a flop but ever since then it's one of those movies that has gained a massive cult following and so many people love that film and uh would you consider yourself one of those people i would i i don't remember mm -hmm. the first time i saw this but i can only assume it was just browsing the video store and i saw it and uh maybe shannon doherty because uh i was that around the time of beverly hills when was that uh well more rats came out in 95 uh so yeah i believe yeah well, beverly hills started in 1990 high. so um because i really liked shannon doherty in that yeah. so probably her being in this mm -hmm. would have been a reason to grab it but i assume i just saw it at the video store and thought that looks interesting like so many films well, that was the reason that she was cast in the film was because of her popularity around that time, mainly with mm. Beverly Hills 90210. I was about to say Beverly Hills Cop, but no, she wasn't <laughs> in that. Um, so, yeah, um, th there was, yeah, it was funny. This film had a lot of people auditioning for roles. And I don't know if you're aware of this, but even the role of Jay was um up for grabs because universal were like no we don't want jason muse to play this role because no one knows who he is and so of the people who auditioned for that role were uh seth green and brecken meyer can you imagine <laughs> an alternate universe where i can imagine brecken meyer doing the role yeah uh, not seth green like how weird is that that just makes me think you know how he is and can't hardly wait <laughs> he's yeah, kind of yeah, on yeah. the way there but in a different mm. direction but yeah brett yeah. Brecken meyer especially because he had the long hair and everything around like clueless mm. time that that's mm. really interesting to to picture Brecken meyer of the 90s playing playing <laughs> yeah 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 uh kevin smith though went to the producers and he was like hello the character is jason muse like you yeah. can't swap that around you know the character is actually him like um being himself so yeah um but no look my my history with the film um i in a nutshell 1994 a friend of mine mark we um one afternoon we were browsing the shelves of the video store looking for something to watch and uh we saw clerks was sitting there and he picked it up and and he was like oh i've heard about this movie like you know let's take it home and watch it so uh we watched it and yeah that was arguably the most life-changing film i've ever watched because uh up until then i was under the impression that in order to make a movie you needed millions of dollars you needed to cast huge actors and you know all of this sort of stuff and i watched this movie this black and white film shot on 16 millimeter in a set in a shop with not you know people who weren't actors and all this sort of stuff and i it just blew my mind because i was like oh my god this is so entertaining does that mean i can do this and so um that was when you know i picked up a camera and it changed my life 
Um, but I remember the following year because yeah, Mallrats came out really fast after you know on, on hot on the tail of of Clerks, and I remember they only had limited screenings of cinematic screenings for only I think it only came out for like a week. Uh, showing up in Brisbane, you know, which was you know an hour away, and I yeah missed it. So yeah, I caught it on um, on VHS at the time, but my god yeah that film at the time i thought it was everything to me i because i was it's i was its demographic i you know because in the 90s i was hanging out at a friend's comic book shop and we were i mean i'd go there just you know on days off or whatever just to hang out and talk comics with everybody and you know we were we were those characters in the film and so when this (laughs) film came out um yeah i for me i was like oh my god like kevin smith made me a movie um and yeah i thought it was hilariously funny and everything now what did you think upon re-watching it do you think it still stands up today as well as it did back then well i don't know how to compare it but i always have a good time watching it mm-hmm. but yeah. i don't know how to compare myself to general population <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's fair enough. Well, because I mean, I rewatched it last night. It had been a very long time since I'd watched it, and I, that in that time that has passed, I mean, I have evolved as a human being, and I have changed, and I am not, you know, I don't go and hang out at a comic shop all day and stuff, even though I really wish I could. Um, and yeah, I I kind of watched it with a more critical mindset last night and i really didn't enjoy it as much as i used to back in the day and i found a lot of faults with it and stuff um mainly i think the main thing that i picked up on was that so many characters are essentially the same in the film like have the same voice um if you play a drinking game where you take a shot every time a character says holy shit you are going to require an ambulance by the end of it because it, like that line that phrase pops up in like every character like so many times throughout um you know the everyone speaks the same like and i get it because it was kevin smith's second film you know he was still emerging as a as a talent and i love the guy you know i i'm not really sort of criticizing too heavily but um yeah it's not a well-written film it uh every character speaks very rapidly and with huge long words that characters wouldn't speak it's you know that's what i mean like everybody sounds like a kevin smith character um if you look at the argument between uh you know shannon doherty and uh jeremy no jason lee sorry in the elevator um after or no sorry before they uh um the way that she's like you know firing out this this massive dialogue or these huge chunks of dialogue and everything and it's just like yeah that doesn't sound realistic and i know you know for a movie like that you can't expect realism but i just think that it would have been better if 
the characters had different voices but um i mean smith went on you know i mean his next film chasing amy he really exceeded with that i thought he really grew as a filmmaker between these two films um but yeah but and i mean yeah look it is hugely self-indulgent god everybody's a comic book you know spouts comic book stuff and i mean the opening credits with all the comic book stuff and everything it was just like yeah it, it was extremely self-indulgent but look I, I mean i still enjoyed it um but yeah for me it definitely hasn't aged as well as it did from i think maybe day. you have a different perspective because you were so into it at the time as well mm. whereas i didn't yeah. have really besides archie comics that's about all i read when i was a kid um right, and, and a right. few kind of weekly things that my brother would get but i didn't really mm. know anything about comics so that kind of stuff was mm. just like stuff in the movie that i didn't really know about because you know i mm. i knew the films batman films and stuff that's as mm. far as and lois and clark on tv that was my mm-hmm. knowledge so yeah i don't know yeah it was just a fun yeah, time yeah. so i've just always found it a fun movie it was my first kevin mm. smith movie um mm-hmm. i don't know i know i saw dogma at the cinema when it came out so i don't know if that was the mm. next one i saw because i i think it might have been later when i went back and and filled in the gaps ah uh, okay yeah because chasing amy was between more rats yeah i know dogma. i didn't see that one for, for right. quite a while oh man i saw that one opening day first session on a thursday morning opening day and i'll never forget because at the time i had long blonde hair and i made the mistake of wearing all black and a beanie that day and i remember sitting there by myself and a couple walked in and as they walked past one of them commented like look there's jay and i was like (laughs) ah shit yeah okay i did do that didn't i (laughs) oopsie days um so yeah but there was a few things that i picked up on last night though that i thought were a bit weird um one of them the bit where stan lee uh and and brody you know meet each other and stan lee gives him the whole you know monologue about love and romance and everything so we go from brody can't get into the comic book store because stan lee is signing comics and there's this big whole fuss about it um and you know he gets like escorted off and all that and he's can't believe oh my god stan lee how did i not know you know the 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 name amongst names and everything and then later on like he's standing there stan lee comes up and starts talking to him and he doesn't recognize stan lee (laughs) until stan lee says you know something about you know a spider-man story he wants to and then brody's like oh my god you're stan lee it's like wait a minute like what the hell how do you not recognize him if you're so such a massive fan of the guy you know that was um that was kind of weird i um and there was a couple of little things i picked up on as well where they must have done reshoots and stuff if you look at the scene where uh brandy is sitting on the game show chair you know uh love and whatever it was called um there's some mid mid close-up shots of her where the lighting is drastically different and from the sort of wider shots and you can really see that it was a different setup you know in, in terms of lighting and everything so um yeah you sort of look at that and you think oh wow okay that was that was reshoots that's interesting but um yeah but i mean that's not a criticism that was just something i noticed but but speaking of stan lee 
don't know if you remember in his cameo in Captain Marvel where Carol Danvers is walking down the train and she walks past him that scene he's actually got the Mallrats script and he's uh, practicing his lines from the <laughs> script there um, which is funny because I actually just read last night that uh, Stan Lee couldn't remember his lines in the film and if you look he's actually reading cue cards to the either left or right of Jason Lee um, which I, I didn't notice that he did a good enough job but I, I read that as a you know little trivia fact last night but i i noticed before watching um my my review that i wrote last time i saw it mm -hmm. was just a little comment saying oh, i only just noticed this time how shannon doherty wears so many different outfits even though mm -hmm. this is set on the same day mm -hmm. and so i took note this time watching yeah. and she she wears five different outfits uh yeah you know why why because uh in her contract she was allowed to keep any of the wardrobe items that she wore in the film. And so she insisted, and this is true, she actually insisted that because she's a girl and she was in a mall that she'd be going shopping all day <laughs> and stuff. And so that was actually her idea to have the character wear all these different outfits so she could keep the clothes afterwards. Ah. Well, it was yeah. pretty fun because it was just really funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That just a short time later they see her again and she's mm. wearing completely different clothes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I also thought it was funny, like, when you look at it, you know, <laughs> there was one particular aspect that I just thought, oh, man, all the uh, all, all the PC people wouldn't like, and that was the fact that mm. they used the word retard three times in it. Um, yeah. And I'm quoting from the film, I'm not saying... Um, yeah, every time they said that, I was like, oh, man, 1995 was a very different time to now, wasn't it? <laughs> so, yeah. Definitely was. Um, so, I do believe that uh, the next film we have to discuss is one that you gave me as a project. What'd you give, yes, what'd you give me? Because... I was so surprised you hadn't seen it. <laughs> uh, so that is The Burbs from mm -hmm. 1989 by Joe Dante. Yes. And this is my favourite Tom Hanks film. Wow. Ooh, um, interesting. Yeah, because it's it's so fun. How could you pick that over over Bachelor Party that starred American Ninja's Michael Dudikoff? I have not seen that. <laughs> <gasps> Okay, let me just note to self. That's your next project. No, just kidding, just kidding. Um, and why does why is why is this film so uh, so dear to you? I don't know. It's just fun, eccentric people. Um, so this is about neighbors living in a cul-de-sac, and there's a weird family that moves in next door, and so they're all suspicious and being nosy, trying to find out about them and the and the family's weird i don't know it's just a just just one of those films just, yeah mm -hmm. just gets me it's yeah weird Look, i think i, I probably mm -hmm. found this i don't know uh i'm it may have been Corey feldman that led me to this because um after seeing lost boys and things mm -hmm. i i know he definitely was a highlight at the time but, but i don't know mm -hmm. if he led me to it or it was just another video store find he had magnificent hair in that film. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was a lion's mane that he had. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, look, as you as you mentioned, I I had not seen this film before. I uh, from the cover of it, which I'd seen numerous times, I thought it was 
like a more of a wacky slapstick 80s comedy um it just kind of looked that way anytime you put a character in a dressing gown that just screams slapstick <laughs> comedy i don't know why um, well i mean it kind of is a little bit it is a little bit but then when you were telling me that it had like a horror element and stuff i was like what i, how, <laughs> I don't get it and so i yeah this was one of those films i wasn't even really that excited about watching it i kind of thought okay like you know i'll check it out and so i watched it just yesterday i put it on and i gotta admit the first the first act probably the first half maybe i yeah i thought it was okay i was sitting there but i was kind of like oh someone's messaged me should i pause it oh, no i'll keep it running um which is i know i know but <laughs> But, 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 I have a huge but. Wait a minute, what? No, um, <laughs> the, by the time the second half came about, I was so engrossed in this film um, to the point where, you know, we were meant to be playing video games at 7.30 with Nobbins. Hello, Nobbins. Uh, and I was just like, nope, the movie's still got a few more minutes. I am not <laughs> getting away from this. <laughs> I ended up loving it. I loved it. Um, yeah, the, the, the tone of the film was perfect. And next time I watch it, I'm going to be more engrossed in the first half because yeah, uh, I've kind of got I more of I actually noted, um, how great the opening is. Like, mm. um, you know, not the very first part, but when mm -hmm. the newspaper kid comes into the street yeah. and there's just like a kind of the jaunty score mm -hmm. playing as he's chucking the newspapers and then it kind of changes it mm. focuses on the different neighbors until you get to ricky Corey feldman and then it turns into rock music mm. and goes from him to rumsfeld mm. the army guy so i just mm -hmm. thought that was like a really great kind of introduction to the street oh absolutely uh yeah the the, the the way that the tracking shots went you know from one to the other was was masterful um but yeah i it really kept me guessing as well and we're gonna talk more about specifics uh a bit later on in the podcast in our sealed section um we're gonna we're gonna keep going now uh you know and, and just go spoiler free but we will be having a sealed section at the end of this podcast we'll let you know when it's going to happen and it is a sexy sexy place for anyone who wants to talk spoilers um so yeah, we'll get into we, that a we bit didn't later. want we wanted to do both ways so that uh people who haven't seen the movies and are interested in hearing about them can listen to mm. this part without being spoiled by everything and yeah. then in our sealed section we'll actually talk about specific scenes and things so it'll mm -hmm. be super spoiler heavy so definitely don't listen to that if you haven't seen the films and yeah. you want to see them without knowing everything about them <laughs> mm. absolutely so i will say yeah it kept me guessing because um the clopex the the strange family you know there's that whole thing of like are they actually serial killer weirdos or are they just misunderstood and then uh you, the the whole way through you're sort of thinking one thing and then i loved how it had that whole thing about you know how the it the the, the strange looking weirdo family aren't the weirdos it's the people who spend way too much time snooping and trying to spy on them and they're like they're the weirdos you know and i <laughs> I thought that was great. That was such a great message. Um, 
And then, yeah, the way things develop, which we will talk about in the sealed section, um, yeah, kind of surprised me. Uh, but yeah, no, there were so many great moments that really stood out to me. Um, and the one thing that really stood out was the actor, I, I hope I'm saying this right, Rick Ducommon. Du, du, Ducommon. Ducommon. I don't mm. know. Um, who played art because I'm sitting there and I'm, I've got this visual image in my head of him in a scene, in a movie talking, or, or, you know, and saying something, something along the lines of, right, right. You, you are paying attention. And I'm like, what, what, what is that? Where is that coming from? Right. Oh, you are paying wow. attention. Yeah. <laughs> and then suddenly I'm like, hang on. It's a classroom scene. He's in a classroom and he's talking to people. Oh my God, it's Encino Man. He was the teacher in Encino Man. But I uh, looked looked up his, uh, his you know, um, listing on IMDb. And my God, that guy has been in so many films. He had a bit role in Die Hard that all of a sudden I was like, oh my God, I remember him from Die Hard as well. He has been in so many films but always really small little roles and i i think that's that's what the term a character actor is you know like someone mm. who just really shines in small roles and stuff and so yeah that was really cool seeing him in a in a bigger role but on the uh, on the subject of encino man did you know and i'm full of fun <laughs> facts tonight um that before Corey feldman was cast as ricky that role was almost uh, given to a young Paulie Shaw. Wow. Mm-hmm. When he was a complete unknown young kid actor or whatever. Um, yeah, he actually almost had that role mm. until they decided he to He would have Corey been good Feldman. in that role as well. It would have definitely changed the character. There's no doubt about that. Um, well, you, you need to see Phantom of the Mall. Um, because yeah, yeah. that's an early role for him before, mm -hmm. you know, he started mm -hmm. that persona. Before so, he became Paulie Shaw, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, there was a lot of things that I... Um, I also dug how there was a shot where uh, Tom Hanks's character, Ray, is laying in bed watching um, Mr. Rogers on TV because it was like, oh, wait a minute, that's kind of you know, foreshadowing there because, of course, he went on to play Mr. Rogers in, you know, that film a few years ago. Um, so, yeah, I thought that was kind of cool. I liked cool. all the, the horror movies, too. Ah, from yes, From Exorcist to Texas Chainsaw mm -hmm. 2, which I know now because I just yeah. watched that a few months ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, there was, there was a lot of outstanding moments in that film. But, no, I am really grateful that you showed me that film because... Um, yeah, I loved it. I would definitely own it on Blu-ray, which uh, I may end up doing because, um, yeah, no, that, that's got rewatchability, and not just because, mm. not just because of Wendy Schall, who for an eighties, <laughs> for an eighties-looking chick, by God, she was hot in that film. Uh, but what? Yeah. What's that for an eighties-looking chick? You not a fan of eighties style? Ah, oh, we've moved on from there, I think, you know. <laughs> um, yeah, the hair and makeup was, was you know, extremely well, I thought she looking. looked amazing. Yes, she really did. And it was kind of funny, like, you know, hearing the voice of Francine from American Dad in there because I, I kind of knew her mostly from that, I think. Um, so, yeah, that was interesting. But, 
yeah no she was she was she was pleasant on the eyes i'll just say that so yeah <laughs> and but bruce yeah. dern was amazing too he's hmm. he's a favorite in that so oh yeah yeah <laughs> no all around that was yeah such a great flick i really enjoyed it mm. so uh yeah but speaking of great flicks um <laughs> you you watched a film that is one of the most dearest films to my heart um a film that oh man altered the course of my life it, it is just yeah something that i was extremely excited for you to watch uh and that is a little 1987 action film called deadly prey uh which was a film uh so stop me if you've heard this plot about a group of mercenaries in the jungle who capture civilians and set them loose for target practice and one day they kidnap a man who uh is taking out the trash innocently one day and they set him loose in the jungle not realizing that he is mike danton an extraordinary killing machine who suddenly has an oiled up body and a tiny pair of shorts and one by one Mike Danton goes through and slaughters the entire mercenary group and then we find out that Colonel Hogan trained him in Nam and it was like oh my god it's just the drama unfolding is extraordinary um yeah so should, should we just preface this with a, a nutshell history of of my uh love of this film go ahead okay so back in 1993 my girlfriend at the time uh saw a listing late one night on commercial tv for the film deadly prey uh and in the tv guide it said um watch this film if you enjoy the sight of someone being beaten to death with their own severed arm and she was like oh dan would like that so she taped it for me and i'm just in my brain now i'm suddenly going through if she had never taped that film for me how different my life would be anyway <laughs> no i'm not even close to kidding um so she taped this film for me and i watched it and it was the first time i'd ever seen a movie that was so bad i fell deeply in love with it um it is riddled with mistakes uh it the acting is just so overacted and cheesy and horrible the lines of dialogue are just diabolical and i loved every second of it and i showed my friends this film they showed their friends we mike danton just became like this you know god to us like every time i got snapped by the local papers at movie events or whatever um and i gave my name i always gave my name as mike danton uh i actually have like paper clippings of me as mike danton um and then many many years later i think it was 2012 um i saw an announcement that a sequel was being made called the deadliest prey uh which brought ted Pryor back as mike danton uh his brother david a Pryor was once again the writer director fritz matthews was back as lieutenant thornton's twin brother <laughs> um it was like all these things and i'm just like oh my god so i got online and i ordered a bunch of copies that got lost in the post uh and i got in contact with david a Pryor, and i was like um excuse me but 
yeah, my, my order got lost. Is there anything you can do? And he gave me Ted Pryor's email address and said, oh, look, Ted's handling all the marketing and stuff. Um, give him a give him a email and everything. I'm just like, are you fucking kidding me? I am actually going to email Mike Denton. So I wrote to Ted and um, he sorted me out. He sent me a replacement. But not only that, the DVDs were all autographed. One of them by ted uh fritz matthews like um there was like a whole bunch of people that uh that had signed them and everything plus lobby cards like he actually sent me lobby cards for both deadly and deadliest prey like the guy really looked after me um and then next thing through some bizarre series of circumstances I actually uh, became friends with him on Facebook and we've been actual friends since like I've talked to the guy on the phone I've you know he sent me video clips to put in reviews and things like that um, and yeah that's what I mean like changed my life which is why I was giddy with excitement about you finally getting to watch this film so I'm I'm a little bit curious as to what your thoughts on it are the being that you just watched it today <laughs> yeah i literally just finished it and had dinner before recording mm -hmm. this so that's how recent it is yep. but i'm happy to say that i had a great time watching this Yay! <laughs> i i think i paused it like two minutes in mm -hmm. or something i i paused it to to make a note of how much I loved the opening title because it's just like a silhouette of a guy walking and then just stopping and doing like wide-legged stunts. Mm -hmm. Yeah, turns around. <laughs> and then, um, and there's great music as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. So I actually ended up pausing the movie about 20 minutes in or something mm -hmm. to go look on Apple Music and see if the soundtrack was on there because mm -hmm. the, the like upbeat music through multiple scenes I just thought was really great and went really well with what was happening on oh scene. yeah yeah um i mean yeah look i i've i've gone so deep into this film i know the composer was steve mcclintock uh and yeah that score with just it's just it's three notes just that dun 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 well it just happens so often throughout it's the cheesiest 80s yeah, music but it's just like the beat and everything it yeah just, yeah it just keeps the energy going uh -huh. but i also thought it was funny that like when you first meet Mike Dan, he's like sleeping mm. and getting out of bed mm -hmm. and then he gets out of bed and walks in the bathroom and I was like, wait, he was sleeping in tiny denim shorts? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what kind of sleeping attire is that? And then of course it made sense in the next scene when he gets kidnapped because he needs to have his tiny little shorts to wear while he's running around in the Oh, forest. absolutely. <laughs> but look, that's the thing. When you've watched the film as many times as I have, which I swear is over 30 times, you then notice things like the fact that his alarm goes off at 7.36 in the morning. Who the absolute fuck sets their alarm for 7.36? Uh, like, <laughs> it just doesn't make sense. Um, well, but, no, I, I get that because you just don't care about being precise when you're moving the thing. I do that with my phone. I think my phone goes off at like 4.47 or something like that. Oh, because wow, I was just okay, scrolling right. the minutes and I was like, oh, that's close mm. enough. So I just saved it on that. Fair enough. Okay. I never thought of that. I just always thought that was extremely strange. But, that... you know, maybe he just really likes the time 7.36. Oh, look, I mean, thanks to that movie, it is my most favorite time of day. Not that I'm ever awake at that time, but um, yeah. So like, 
did, did, so you get where I'm coming from as far as how charming the film is, right? I mean, oh yeah. yeah, it's a good time. I was laughing at how stupid all the things were. Like some guy got like killed by being stabbed through with a branch that was so thin it would have just snapped as soon as it hit someone. I know, I know. Oh man, <laughs> did you love the bit where? Danton picks up not like a, you know a large branch or something to knock someone out but an entire fucking tree trunk and <laughs> knocks the guy out I mean oh the the styrofoam rocks on top of the hill you know the <laughs> and I love that bit where the rocks are coming down and you see the group of mercenaries but if you look closely like some of them you know actually like lay down and pass out like before the rocks even hit them it's this is what i mean you've got to watch this film multiple times because you just pick up stuff there are shots where the camera is going through the woods or whatever and there's one shot where it catches on a on a small twig or whatever and it goes um there's two shots in the film where you can blatantly see that ted Pryor is wearing white sneakers uh there's oh man this is what i mean the film is riddled with mistakes um and, you know, of course, things like the bit where, uh, you know, the mercenaries and Colonel Hogan are on the trail and they stop. And I think it was the bit where, you know, he's like, Danton, Mike Danton, oh, I'll be Dan, you know, and stuff. And as they're running off, the camera just goes up like about a meter and a half and he's <laughs> sitting in the tree. Now, I spoke to Ted about that one time and I was like uh, on the phone, I said, dude, like that shot and he's like my god he said i argued with my brother black and blue about that shot i was like you know it looks so stupid you know i mean he's, he's... no cover <laughs> exactly and david said to him oh no no, no you, you don't understand filmmaking man you know like trust me it's gonna look great you know in the edit and stuff and ted's like okay you know you're the director and of course it turned out like that um like those well i mean it looks great but in in not the way he was probably thinking yeah 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 exactly. <laughs> but it looks great it, because i burst of... out laughing when i saw that he was just there exactly and exactly that's what i mean the film has so much charm it you know it was done by a bunch of people who just loved what they were doing who gave zero fucks of course i mean you can't talk about this one without mentioning the helicopter explosion uh where you've got a helicopter against a bright blue sky and then you know danton fires the rocket it goes up and the explosion is against black like it just cuts to a stock footage explosion against black sky i mean things like that it's they just gave no fucks and i love it and that movie set my course for loving things like the room and neil breen films and all of that sort of stuff um yeah i oh man yeah that film just my love for that is so deep but you're gonna yeah, have to watch I, the deadliest prey at some point because it's a carbon yeah, well, copy. i just uh looked that up on letterboxd it mm -hmm. has slightly higher rating than the first one god i don't know why uh it's <laughs> it's like it's like 2.8 to 2.9 so it's not a huge oh, difference okay. right right oh just yeah, find yeah. It no, interesting nice. when when sequels happen yeah yeah but a lot less people have seen the second one right right 
But um, so maybe only the hardcore fans. <laughs> yeah, look, maybe. But no, it's funny because David A. Pryor and Ted Pryor, like, they made a shit ton of the same type of films in the eighties. Uh, uh, there was Future Zone, Hell on the Battleground. Um, oh, I don't know. There's like a ton. I've got a. Oh, actually, do I still have them? I don't know. I had like a stack of VHS tapes that I stole from various video stores back in the day because um, I wanted to collect all of their films, you know. Um, and yeah, as, as great as a lot of them were, just none held a candle to Deadly Prey. Like I said, it is my ultimate favorite, you know. Actually, the funny thing was earlier on, I went looking for um on imdb for this thing and i was looking at some of the user reviews and i saw one that caught my eye uh that was written in december 21 2002 and i clicked on it because i was very curious about it and i didn't realize that it was my own review <laughs> and so <laughs> i had given it 10 out of 10 my heading was no wonder you were interested yeah yeah uh it was uh the the title was gold pure gold and I said, and this is something I don't remember doing. I said, I love this movie to the point that I found an email address for Ted Pryor's ex-wife and wrote to her. It thrills me to know that she passed on the regards of Ted's Legion of Gold Coast fans to him. That's what I mean. I saw this thing about an email to his ex-wife. I'm like, who wrote that? I was like, oh my God. Like, I don't remember ever doing that. But then I wrote, please, if anyone is reading this and considering watching Deadly Prey, drop everything, quit your job, divorce your wife, rent it out, and enjoy what is arguably the finest motion picture ever committed to celluloid. So there you go. That That is just how much that I love that film. Interested in your mindset of why do you need to quit your job and divorce your wife before you watch it? Because if you have to go to work or, you know, or you've got Deadly Prey sitting at home and your boss is like, no, I'm not giving you the day off. You're like, well, all right. And if your wife is like, you're not watching Deadly Prey, you've got to mow the dishes and do the babies and whatever adults do, you're like, nah, bitch, I'm watching Deadly Prey. Yeah, that's, <laughs> look, I don't know, that that was written by 2002 me, so um, yeah, I, I don't know what I was thinking back then. I don't know what I'm thinking now. I don't, yeah, we probably shouldn't mention the... Uh, the photos we were exchanging <laughs> that night we were playing games when we were discussing Ted Pryor, should we? Um, all right, all I'll say is, ladies, if you type in Ted Pryor Playgirl on uh, Google Image Search, uh, yeah, you'll 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 be impressed, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. nearly turned gay uh that night. That's kind of what comes to mind now whenever anything's mentioned because that was quite recent that you alerted mm -hmm. me to those pictures. I did, I did. And uh, yeah, I'm, I, I don't know if when you saw how short his shorts were in the film, if you were like, oh, I might be able to see little <laughs> little Ted Jr. down there somewhere. But anyway. Um, all right, cool. Well, there you go. Three, three films that we have enjoyed. I wonder if we'll ever give each other a film that the other one's like yeah i hated it <laughs> hopefully not i mean we yeah. do have enough of a similar taste that mm -hmm. and i feel like potentially i could tell if it was a film you were gonna hate and i wouldn't mm. give that as an option i don't know mm -hmm. we'll see exactly I, mean, I don't know i think we're similar enough that we would at least think it was good enough to watch if we didn't love mm. it yeah yeah 
But uh, I mean, if well, not, it'll make for an interesting discussion. <laughs> oh yes, yes, definitely. No, I'm, I'm, yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. I'm sure we'll still be friends afterwards. Um, so this brings us to uh, just this final little bit before the sealed section with uh, what we're going to talk about next fortnight. We yeah. Uh, so you suggested the next mm -hmm. one for us. I did. Well, you picked more rats, so yeah. For our next discussion. I have chosen the Dawn of the Dead 2004 remake that was directed by Zack Snyder, written by James Gunn, and oh my god, a film that, yeah, I love so much and cannot wait to talk about. Um, and uh, for the other films, how, how are we doing this, Frankie? Well, this was your idea. <laughs> <laughs> so we thought uh, we'd keep it fun by giving a, an illusion of choice by giving three mm. options mm -hmm. uh, but then you thought that maybe to pick between those options instead of just trying to come up with a vague description that you know wouldn't give it away but mm -hmm. would be interesting uh, we would just find Rotten Tomato reviews either good <laughs> or bad mm -hmm. and yep. and go by them to pick so exactly that's what I think we've that's... done yeah, I think that's going to be such a fun way to do it rather than just like, you know, oh, uh, I don't know, a movie about an oiled up man in shorts who kills mercenaries. Um, yeah, so yeah, we're, we're just going to... So yeah, I've I've chosen three movies that Frankie can choose from, but yeah, as she said, I'm just going to give her Rotten Tomatoes reviews that I have picked and she can see what she is in the mood for. So um Shall I, shall I read you these reviews? Mm-hmm. Okay. So the first movie that you can possibly choose, um, one critic said, Stephen Merchant never loses sight of what matters, which is the coming-of-age theme, and he blends the fish-out-of-water humour and the triumphant moments to undeniably entertaining effect. The second film that I have chosen, uh, somebody has uh, given it a review and said, a horribly funny addiction allegory, equally likely to make you feel sympathy and sorrow, or burp up a tiny bit of sick. <laughs> and the and the third one, just a, a very simple review. It says, "Easily the greatest ghost movie of the twenty first century so far." Ooh. So you've got a uh, mm. a triumphant fish out of water comedy to undeniably entertaining effect, a movie that will possibly make you burp up a tiny bit of sick, or <laughs> the greatest ghost movie of the twenty first century so far, according to somebody. The, the the third one intrigues me, but I have to go with the second one because that yes. has me the most curious. <laughs> Brilliant. All right. In that case, you are going to be watching the film Brain Damage from 1985, I want to say. Uh, it is a film that um, I caught one night late on TV and, oh man, I instant. Oh, sorry, 88 it's from. Um, I instantly fell down deeply in love with the film um it's by frank hennenlotter who uh did mm. films like basket case and stuff um and yeah it is absolutely brilliant and would you say this is better than basket case 
Ah, uh, yeah, I personally I would. Um, okay, because I, I wasn't of... overly a fan of Basket Case. Ah, okay, okay. No, no, no. Brain Damage is amazing. It is up there with my most favourite 80s films, I would say. Uh, so, yeah, you chose well. Okay. So, my first film for you, someone has mm -hmm. said, a likeable and loud outsider comedy that has metal in its heart and its heart on its sleeve. Turn it up to 11. Hmm. Second film... Mesmerizing yet cold and remote, an exotic fish we can't touch. Mm -hmm. And the third one, violence breaks out, mind games are played, and it's also adorably eccentric that you don't ever want it to stop. Hmm. Okay. Sorry, can you read the first one out again? A likable and loud outsider comedy that has metal in its heart and its heart on its sleeve. Turn it up to 11. Yeah, look, I, I mean, I, it's pretty obvious that I'm going to go with that one. Um, yeah, all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna turn this up to eleven and uh, go go with the rock and roll film. Well, what do you got for me? Let me just look because I just found out it has an alternative name. Where did oh, okay. I see? Oh, that was on. Because ordinarily, I would have thought this is Spinal Tap, but you, I know you know that I've seen that about twelve billion times, so. It is the film called Heavy Trip from 2018. Oh, okay. I know the title. About a black metal band. And the right, alternative right. name on Rotten Tomatoes is a band called Impaled Rectum. <laughs> That's their name. <laughs> wow. All right. Uh, yeah, no, that, that looks good to me. I'm, I'm yeah, keen. Yeah, it's a really fun film and it's got all the, the black metal stuff. So, and yeah, they're trying to get mm -hmm. to a music festival so okay um they steal a van and mm -hmm. try try to get there but it has that right, fun right. thing of the you know they're like the weirdos in the in their town because mm -hmm. they're into metal and stuff all right cool well yeah no i'm very keen for that one so uh that um that brings us to the end of the spoiler free version of the podcast before we uh before we get sexy in here um so i guess we should uh thank everybody now for for tuning in and sticking around because yeah so much for the idea of us doing one hour episodes <laughs> yeah i told you that that would be difficult yeah, uh, yeah although no, we, we were a bit longer in the front part because we were talking 2023 so yeah, maybe oh, maybe i don't know because if we talk about what we've watched recently it may end up being that long every time who knows ah whatever but if you uh if you have stuck around this far congratulations you deserve <laughs> something um send us your your address we'll mail you out some of frankie's blu-ray collection <laughs> <laughs> oh fine all right um yeah so no i'm done that being said if anybody does actually wish to get in touch with us um so yeah we do have links on twitter and facebook and we actually have an email address which is dan and frankie podcast at outlook.com or one word of course and you can find us on socials uh twitter we're at dan and frankie with underscores and uh look if you just type in 
Dan and Frankie go to Hollywood somewhere. Like, I'm sure it'll come up. So, yes, come and chat with us. We, we'd love to hear from everybody because, you know, we, we love you guys. You're, you're you know, we're, you're special And to if you us. haven't seen any of these films, I hope you're inspired and look for them and check them out. Yeah, because that's what this is all about. So, uh, yes, so to all those spoiler-free people, thank you for, uh, for sticking around. We'll see you in a fortnight. But for those who... Uh, want to get a little saucy then uh, here we go with the sealed section <laughs> all right so um i don't really the, the only thing that i had in terms of spoilers uh was with the burbs um i yeah the the way that they set up that whole mystery element you know when you see the shot of like the family digging in the backyard and everything and then you know like the dog's got a femur and everything but then of course you know uh they think that the you know the the neighbor has been uh you know murdered and all this sort of stuff and um and of course yeah you're really thinking oh my god yeah that's it then they throw that red herring in by having the neighbor you know come back and it's like oh shit and of course tom hanks is by then digging in the basement of the house and whatnot and um i loved how they then did another switcheroo and actually you know had yeah the the uh i can't remember the the senior clopex name but um in the back of the ambulance who actually confesses that yeah they did actually murder the family before they came in that was so well done yeah, it was pretty good because at the end when he's in the basement, you're like, oh, yeah, he's just lost his mind over mm -hmm. nothing. And the fact yeah. that he just kept digging and digging and digging right down mm. until he hit the, the gas. Mm -hmm. I, yeah. I think I don't hold me to it because I meant to look this up, but I can't remember. But I think maybe I heard that there was another version where that end bit didn't happen. Oh, okay, right, right. But uh, I, I don't yeah, know, yeah. like, at what stage or if that's true or anything. Mm -hmm. I forgot to do research. <laughs> that was one of the elements of the film that actually really appealed to me the most, and I obviously couldn't talk about that before. Um, but, yeah, it was a really clever script and really clever the way that it kept you going. So, um, yeah. Did you, did you have any spoilers about that film or any of the others that you wanted to I, mention? I don't think so. I think um, I really loved the scene where they, the wives took them over to meet them properly mm. and just mm -hmm. all the weirdness of eating the sardines and peeling the wallpaper. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, actually that sardine bit, you just reminded me, that was, that was such a, like, overblown element of uh you know um foley uh, editing you know like where they put sound effects into a film because like, <laughs> the way he's like squelching the sardine as he takes it out of the tin was just so over the top and like the chewing and everything was like it's one of those moments that you're like okay that sound has been recorded later on and edited in and so it's kind of interesting to you know watch stuff like that yeah, but it really so yeah, it cool. really works for the scene to make you just feel how awful it was that <laughs> he's getting this yeah, slimy yeah, yeah. sardine out to eat. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, but no, that that was quite effective in in lending sympathy to the Clopex in that instance as well. 
um so yeah no brilliantly written film um i guess the only other spoiler that's worth mentioning in deadly prey were you shocked as hell when jamie the wife got shot in the head i was i totally (laughs) expected her to live like because i really liked uh cooper as well and i was like oh yeah Yeah. friendship and then i was like Mm. 50 50 on if he was gonna die or not and so (laughs) of course he didn't make it but i really thought that the wife was going to but i kind of love like well i didn't love it that she died because i didn't want her to but i (laughs) love the um (laughs) well yeah i know but it's his wife so i I wanted a happy ever after (laughs) but (laughs) i also loved the surprise of something like that happening because you don't expect it and the yeah, and yeah. also then when that's when the severed arm thing happens, I actually forgot mm. that that was a thing mentioned that happens in the right, movie, which right. I'm glad I forgot since it's right at the end. But mm. um, so that was fun. I had some. There's one line that's like my favorite line in the movie. Not not Ooh. because of what the line is, but because of the way he says it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When the the colonel is like you owe me and he's like i paid my dues in the war dues in the war i right? owe, owe you nothing. nothing but the way he says yeah. nothing i had to rewind it and listen again <laughs> oh man <laughs> so, I, don't look, I just yeah, love the I way can... everyone puts on a voice and talks oh, like yeah. that kind of tough guy kind of weird yeah, yeah, like not the opposite kind of voice yeah even the opposite end of that where um one of the mercenaries runs into the tent and he's like Colonel, they've got my weapons. Yeah. <laughs> it's just such well, yeah. A shit I mean, the, the you know the top ones have all the tough guy yeah, voices, yeah, not yeah. the oh, supporters yeah. supporting yeah. people or other. And even the very end when uh, Colonel Hogan's on his knees and Dan's, you know, like your shirt, take it off. <laughs> and stuff, and then you know that that final bit where you know, just it's on Danton's painted face, and he's just like, <laughs> run. <laughs> just that whole and i also of, like that he throws his arms up and yells but the sound came in a bit late <laughs> yeah just loops like oh my god yeah actually that was another thing as well um that film there's a line in the film that was blatantly plagiarized from first blood um because yeah it's clear that they were just trying to cash in on on that film Mm. um but it's the bit where one of the mercenaries says to i think he says to thornton oh yeah just before he gets shot um he says we're not hunting him he's hunting Mm. us and then thornton turns around and blows him away years later i'm watching first blood and there's a bit where one of the cops in the wilderness when they're hunting Stallone, you know, he says, we're not hunting him, he's hunting us. I'm like, oh my God, that's, they just, they didn't even try. They just took that line and threw it in there. Cause, and that's what I mean, you know, like it just added to the film's charm. But um, but yeah, so no, you'll, you'll love Deadliest Prey because um, uh, Mike Danton has a new wife and he has a son who's played by Ted Pryor's actual kid in real life, who his name, I'm not kidding, is Michael. <laughs> um, oh, and that's another thing as well. Because um, uh, Ted Pryor has been in a couple of, and this brings it to, to ties it in with Mole Rats. God, we're clever. Um, Ted Pryor has been in a couple of films with Jason Mewes. And one of them um he was ted Pryor was playing a bartender and the character didn't have a name and so the director just said uh listed his name as danton because like that is how fucking big an impact deadly prey has had 
in on the world you know in a, okay in an underground way but um yeah his character was actually listed as danton uh in that uh in that film which i have not seen but um yeah very keen to even though he just had like a brief cameo in it but um hmm. yeah there's one more scene that i really liked which one when um he pulls in a guy to to the hiding place and he just like looks at him mm. for a second and then goes you're dead and then stabs him. You know, I still actually even have the original videotape with the original televised version on there because I could never throw it away. <laughs> and it was funny because that film was so heavily edited that like the bit where Cooper gets shot to death at the end, um, you just see Thornton stand there. He pulls his gun up or whatever. Uh, it cuts to Cooper and then there's just a blatant cut of him lying on the ground twitching like you don't actually see the bullets going in or anything it's crazy like it was so badly edited um, but yeah no oh man yeah just so many lines from that film have been quoted by all oh, of us over the years the um, slow piano music when he's foraging for food and then finds yeah. the worm and then manages to just pounce on a rat and catch it <laughs> <laughs> he actually did even like put the worm in a real worm in his mouth for that scene too yeah that was um, awful i covered yeah. <laughs> the screen and went, poor worm yeah yeah uh but you know that's that's dedication all right so uh so we're done I guess so. Right. Oh, I just should mention with more rats, it's not a spoiler, but I uh, mm -hmm. love Ben Affleck in that too, from Fashionable oh, Male. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and mm -hmm. and how he has no respect for people with no shopping agenda. Yeah, yeah. And fun fact, uh, his character Shannon Hamilton was named because uh, Shannon Doherty at the time was married to, was it Ashley Hamilton? So her legal name was actually Shannon Hamilton. That's how he got the name. So, ah. yeah, there you go. I did think it so was it... funny when she talked about Shannon and I was like, that's yeah. your name. Oh, also, and, uh, I found course... it interesting too that Jason London, uh, sorry, Jeremy London is in that mm. with Joey Lauren Adams. Mm. And then she mm. was in Dazed and Confused with Jason London. Yep. And then, of course, there was that funny bit where uh, uh, Willem Black, who's trying to look at the sailboat, uh, where she's sitting next to him and he looks at her and says, Brenda? And she says, Dick, and then hits him <laughs> and walks off. But, uh, yeah. So, there you go. All right. So, is that everything that we need to talk about those three films? Yeah, I think so. Not, not too many spoilery things with these ones. Well, yeah, it's kind of hard to spoil them all, rats. But, anyway... All right. Well, so to those of you who have uh, stuck around in the sealed section, it's time to put your clothes back on and, uh, yeah, don't forget to tip your waitress or whatever. I don't know. I'm just talking a bunch of random crap right now. But, yes, thank you to everybody for sticking around. And, um, yeah, we will be back in another two weeks with another episode where we will be talking about three fresh movies uh yeah. oh i should um, say i i should have said this before actually for everyone who hasn't stuck around but heavy trip is on amazon prime for right for those mm -hmm. here i don't know if it is yeah. anywhere else but yeah because for a while that was difficult to find i ended up purchasing a digital copy just so i could watch it all righty well thank you very much for two hours of movie chat <laughs> Hope you had fun and come back for more next time. Is that me or the audience? Everyone. Oh, because I'm definitely coming back next time. <laughs> yeah, there's no question about that whatsoever. 
because otherwise it's going to be you sitting there talking about movies for two hours. Yeah, that's not going to happen. Yeah, fair enough. All right. <laughs> uh, to everybody who's still here, thank you very much. I hope you have a uh, fun couple of weeks and stay safe and don't forget to come back in one piece because uh, without you guys, we are nothing. <laughs>